What's up, everyone? Welcome back to another Trendsetters podcast. Today is going to be an Agency Insider episode, and it's not going to be chatting with a big, massive behemoth agency or someone who's been a professor in the past, some of the episodes that you've seen in the past, but rather we're going to dive into Gen Z, and you're going to get to hear all about Gen Z, not just from my perspective, who you hear from way too often, but rather other fellow experts. So today I'm joined by Anish Dewan, the founder and CEO at Perpix, a platform helping brands collect insights and data into all things Gen Z. Anish, it is a pleasure to have you on, my man. Thanks so much. For sure, Jake. Thanks for having me. Super pumped to chat with you about Gen Z today. Of course. So the first thing I want to start with, for those that don't know uh, anything about Perpix, I'd love to get a sense uh, and definition from you as to what it is you all do and, and how you help brands and ultimately reaching Gen Z. Yeah, absolutely. So very simply, Perpix, you know, our mission is to help brands better understand Gen Z consumers and really make customer-centric decisions through agile video feedback. So what we do is we help brands collect usually about 30 to 90 second long video responses um, from Gen Z consumers. Um, and then our technology helps them really analyze and digest that data um, and really tell stories through, the, through that data and, and pull out rich insights. Um, so that's what we are, you know, we've had, we've been around for a couple of years. We started off, we had a robust kind of influencer marketing platform. Um, and really over the last couple of years, that's really involved into this consumer insights tool. Yeah. And something I love about your own entrepreneurial journey and where you guys are at right now is obviously I'm, I'm looking all the time at things within the Gen Z insights realm. And I've always forever been like, I just don't know if it's there to the level that's needed and how they, how data is collected, how it's stored, how it's managed. And so um, I love, you know, the latest iteration and innovation from you and the team. And I know that's something I'm personally excited about because, um, you know, ultimately what we saw with millennials and misunderstanding there, there was a Ogilvy report at the beginning of 2020, all about how millennials lied and all the insights and data we, we thought we knew about millennials just simply wasn't true. Uh, and just as an example in, in that, like you look at the purpose driven that, that was said to be the purpose-driven generation. That, that's why they purchase products. But then you look at the data and they're purchasing the least amount based on actually purpose-driven of any generation. So even you have silent generation ordering maybe DTC products in nursing homes at a much higher rate than millennials. So that's an example of that. I love everything you're doing in that arena. And I know a lot of the conversations I've had with brands, agencies, individuals, when thinking about reaching Gen Z, there's a lot of misconceptions and misinformation out there. So from your perspective, what are some of the misconceptions or maybe struggles that, that you often see with brands uh, and their understanding of Gen Z? Yeah, yeah. And, and well, what you said about kind of, you know, we, we like to we like to think about it like we'd rather show you data rather than you know, tell you data. So the more we can actually get video, the more we can actually get more qualitative data, the better. Um, and what kind of inspired us to make this shift from influencer, you know, a nano influencer platform to a more insights platform is when we were talking to these brands, um, there are just a ton of misconceptions there. Um, and uh, so, I mean, that's kind of what pushes into consumer insights. Um, I mean, we've, I've definitely seen a, a few that come up a lot. Um, I think the biggest one to just start off with from the top is people really put Gen Z into a box or into a certain bucket. When really what we're seeing with this generation is it's incredibly diverse, right? You know, someone in college versus someone that might have, you know, gone to a two-year college and university or, or is getting a, a degree online or taking one of those, like, you know, like a, a 
assembly or you've done any kind of online classes for coding, they're very different. And and we're seeing that, you know, a lot of people or a lot of brands tend to kind of bucket gens and consumers when instead they're they're actually very diverse. Um, and you gotta you really gotta understand that consumer really well in, in those different segments. Um, I think the second one is what you hit on and, and really what's really close it's close to home for us because you know behind our entire platform it's all donation driven so yeah. what that means is we have about sixty thousand gen z consumers on our platform uh, they're participating in different market research studies with these brands and instead of getting you know like a five or ten dollar gift card yeah. what they're actually doing is raising money for a good cause so they select a nonprofit on our platform and we donate that money directly to that nonprofit. so one of the biggest misconceptions that we've seen with brands and maybe not a misconception, but something they sometimes don't fully grasp is just how powerful uh, social good can be, right? We we tapped into that really early. We knew that what actually might, you know, what actually motivates your average Gen Z consumer is really their affinity to certain causes and helping a certain cause. Um, in a recent study that we ran on our platform, we found that your Gen Z is, your average Gen Z is 89% more likely to purchase a product and that brand um, is really you know known for supporting different charitable causes. Mm-hmm. Um, so those are really the two biggest things that we see brands kind of the biggest misconceptions or, or things that sometimes they don't fully grasp is is that it's not Gen Z. It's not like there's something on TikTok and they're gonna love it. Like it's a very diverse audience and um, and social causes are very very powerful. Um, and I think we all saw that this year more than more than ever before. Yeah, and I, I love that uh, love love that definition because we know Gen Z is the most diverse generation, yet we don't really approach it with that lens of diversity. And um, oftentimes we think that Gen Z is maybe just a one track mind, and that they're all going to look at same, things the same way. Which certainly there's there's trends, and you can see that within like purpose driven purchasing and other arenas, D 2 C maybe e commerce. Uh, but it, it it just be if you were trying to reach a Gen X demographic you know, let's say just 40 to 50 year olds with a particular product and you would go to go to markets and, uh, you know, conduct an insights report, come back to them and say, hey, well, 40 to 50 year olds are interested in this. You know, they like sports. They probably have kids. It's like that's a lot of surface level stuff we see in the Gen yeah. Z realm that that just frankly isn't missing the mark. And it, that's the reason why, because we approach it as if they all think and do the same when when there's so many different realities and niches within that demographic. And, you know, this year in particular, 2020, um, has certainly been a, a, a roller coaster every year. Uh, typically roller coaster going down. Uh, haven't had a lot of ups, but regardless, we've been making the most of it. And something that, that uh, you know, we chatted about, I think in July, August, maybe earlier, earlier this year, maybe September, my timeline for this year is like totally out of whack. But whenever we spoke on it was uh, some of the things happening within COVID and the trends and insights within the Gen Z realm. So are there any shifts or trends that you think are happening right now in response to COVID that you see as a permanent change? And just as an example, I know we talked about maybe finance in particular is one, like maybe this is another, you know, not just a shakeup from 2008 when we were in elementary school, but this is a, maybe a much more permanent shakeup at a personal finance level. I know there's a lot of different arenas, but are there any trends you see happening that you're like, I think this is here to stay? Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, to your first point, I think this is an absolutely pivotal moment for Gen Z. Uh, you're absolutely right. What, what we chatted about earlier this summer was, if you think about it, for many Gen Zers, this is like the first major global event um, yeah. that they can remember, right? 
a lot of us, I, I for sure was very young when 9-11 happened, even when the financial crisis of 2008, like, you know, I, I didn't really fully comprehend either one of those events, but I definitely will never forget COVID and, and, and the pandemic uh, this year. Um, it's definitely, it's definitely a very pivotal moment for our generation. And there's two major trends that get me really excited um, coming out of COVID. So the first one is really the pandemic. The first one is like, there's just, I mean, this is almost like a no brainer. There's, it's the entire industry, all most industries, especially like industries like retail have shifted online. Uh, specifically what I'm really excited about is the rise of social commerce. Um, so we've done a lot of digging into this. I mean, you're seeing it from the big players. Instagram came out with Instagram shops first. Snapchat is coming out with brand profiles. TikTok you know, announced a partnership with Shopify earlier this year. Um, it's this kind of the blur of lines between product discovery and social media, which it traditionally has been used for, you know, mostly. Yeah, um, like yeah. you know, most Gen Zers, you know, earlier this year, last year, most of them and most of us are discovering new products on on social media. So it's very much as a product, um, a, a platform for product discovery is now thanks to technology and some of these major moves made by some of these larger social media platforms can be the one that it can be kind of the one-stop shop, the destination for all of shopping, everything from product discovery to, you know, a frictionless purchasing experience or purchase experience or buying experience. So, um, you know, I'm really excited about that. And there's a bunch of different startups playing in that field. Um, we've done a little bit of work there to uh, connecting our influencer platform to, you know, Shopify and, and uh, diving into, um, you know, this world of social commerce. But I think it's definitely something to keep an eye out for, um, especially on platforms like TikTok. And yeah. I mean, it makes a lot of sense. You know, the music industry, like so many, so many artists have been born out of TikTok. Um, and now we're seeing a move over to retail. And I think it's going to be very, very powerful. Um, so a lot of brands are already on top of it. I think a lot of people are seeing this, but um, for the brands that aren't, like I think the, the rise of social commerce is definitely something everyone should pay attention to. The other big trend that we're seeing right now, and we do a lot of work as, as you guys do as well in, in beverage, is a shift in eating habits. Um, so what we saw coming out of COVID was the shift towards healthier um, eating trends, uh, a rise in, you know, Gen Z reporting, trying, at least trying, or if not completely converting to vegan lifestyles um, or vegetarian, um, or just making sure that they're eating healthier. So um, again, we're seeing this in the news today too, right? Uh, Beyond Meat, Impossible Burgers, like a lot of these um, healthier alternatives are, are really on the rise and a lot of emerging food and beverage brands are kind of a healthier take on, you know, Cheetos or a healthier take on on your traditional comfort snack food. So, um, I mean, those are the two mo things that we're most excited for, uh, the social commerce and the shift towards healthier eating habits. Um, I think you're going to have a huge, huge kind of um, ripple effect over the next couple of years. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. And there's a philosophy when when looking at this because you mentioned you know some brands getting into that, but others you know maybe lagging here and there. Um, and we've certainly seen a lot of more of your challenger startup brands do an incredible job. And brands rise out of COVID um, left and right, uh, while while a lot of others suffer, even regardless of industry. But but there's a philosophy that that I've always followed. And I, I don't know the validity of this, but I'm a big fan of Moore's law. And Moore's law is this idea that computing power should double. Uh, and there's more details in it, but ultimately it's just like computing power should double every two years. 
Um, so thus you look at that on a longer term graph and it accelerates over time like crazy. Well, my, my notion based on that, you pair that with the speed of technology. We have 5G rolling out. Uh, we are the, the totally phone digitally native, uh, the speed of content in which we watch, which now it's like 15 second TikTok feels like a movie almost like all these different trends coming together. I'm a big believer in this idea that consumers, especially young consumers, when you when you factor in also lifespan and the fact that a two year change for us is equivalent to maybe 10 percent of our life, as opposed to 60 year old, only three percent, you do some addition to that formula and then uh, the multiple on top. So my idea is these younger consumers accelerate and change at a much faster pace. And that change is thus accelerated. What what's your what's your stance on that? Is it your notion that uh, maybe Gen Z consumers are changing or will adapt at a much faster pace than maybe older demographics? Yeah. I, so that's a really good question. So I, I don't know if I have a stance on it. I do think just anecdotally, like it's watching, like, you know, I have some like younger cousins or like, you know, family friends that are a lot younger than me, um, like six to 10 year olds, right. Yeah. Um, like my six to 10 year old cousin, like, I mean, they, they know how to use an iPad and like navigate an iPad better than even maybe I do. Um, yeah. And so like, it's crazy seeing how quickly younger consumers, I mean, I guess it wouldn't be Gen Z in that case, it'd be more Gen A, but you know, these, this next generation of consumers, they're definitely more proficient uh, in technology than, than I was and definitely my parents and my grandparents were um, from a much earlier age. So um, I definitely think that could be the case. Um, I guess the one reason I hesitate is like, you know, the technology isn't always like an iPad or the internet, right? It yeah, can also yeah. be railroads and airplanes as well. So um, I, I think what we're going to see is, I do think this generations after ours, Gen Z, Gen A, um, the next generation are going to be more open um, to adapting and, and accepting new technologies uh, just because you're, you're like growing up with it from a really young age. It's not, it's not foreign. Um, and uh, you're just starting to really, really immerse yourself at a much earlier age than, than maybe generations before us. Um, so yeah, a hundred percent. And I think we're starting to see that too, right? When, when you look at, especially the younger, the younger segment of Gen Z, there's like very like in lines between your digital self and, you know, your, your physical self. Right. Yeah. And so a lot of, you can see like a lot of kind of the social development for these younger Gen Zers are happening. You know, they're making their closest friends while playing video games, um, while playing Fortnite and, and chatting with them on discord. So like they're, they're building those kind of everyone's growing up making friends, but they're building their friends on discord instead of in real life. Um, mm -hmm. so it's really interesting to kind of see that play out. And there is like this huge idea between, you know, URL to IRL, you know, bringing these kind of virtual uh, friendships, virtual relationships, virtual experiences to real life. So that's another space that's really interesting. But obviously, who knows what effect COVID would have on that with, you know, not being able to actually be in real life um, yeah. or making it difficult for large groups of people to be in real life. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I totally agree with you on, on like, you know, I think the pace at which things are going to accelerate and people are going to accept that. Uh, definitely has an opportunity here to, to, to speed up and accelerate. Yeah. And I think uh, my favorite example of this is looking at the gaming industry. Um, Booga or Booga, the guy that, who, that, that won the Fortnite competition yeah. and made, made all that money. 
And he, uh, he was talking about it in an interview, you know, he was asked about like his future career and what, like, what's he going to continue to do? And he's like, well, you know, I'm starting to diversify games because, you know, I, I'm a little bit older and they got these young bucks coming in that are just fast. And they're like, wait a second, you're 19 years old. And then, you know, I go home for Thanksgiving, a holiday or something of that nature. And I, I even try to play Call of Duty or Fortnite against my 13-year-old brother. And the dude just wipes the floor with me. It's not even close. I can't. And they're on the PC. Like, they got nine controls to my, like, four. And I'm like, what the? Like, what is going on? But I think that's a really good example where you see, like, that accelerated technology and their ability to adapt to it is just so much faster. I'm literally yeah. like, okay, well, if I ever wanted to become a gamer, I officially can't because I'm 21. I'm too old. Like, which is crazy to think about. But, but anyway, I think that's, uh, that's an interesting realm and, and I love your, your stance uh, and ideas on that. And so, so another question I get often from brands that isn't directly asked, but is indirectly asked is ultimately like, what's my first step here? What is my first step to start understanding or engaging and reaching Gen Z, which is a difficult one because there could be internal shifts that have to happen. It could be finding the right agency partner. Uh, they got to realign some of their ideas and strategies internally. Um, but from your perspective, uh, you know, what would you advise a brand that they're looking to reach Gen Z, but they don't know where to start? Where would you advise them to, to start? Yeah, that's a great question. So I think the first part is, is just understanding your consumer, right? Like, I mean, let's take the gaming example you just shared. Yeah. And going back to what I was saying, one of the biggest misconceptions is like, oh, everyone in Gen Z is similar or like, you know, just making these kind of blanket statements. I mean, like, if you throw me, I'm 22, if you throw me in front of, you know, someone on, like, the earlier side of Gen Z, like you were saying with, with your brother, like, I, 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 half of the time, I don't really know what's, like, I would not know what's going on if you put us both in front of, like, or got us both to play a game of Fortnite. Like, yeah. uh, you know, I, I think there's just, there's such a, it's so diverse, um, even the difference between, like, someone who's just kind of, just kind of makes it into Gen Z age-wise, and someone like on, on both ends of the spectrum. So um, yeah, I think the first part is just really understanding your consumer. This is what we love doing here at Perfects is like helping brands do that, right? So so you think Gen Z is your you think Gen Z is your target audience? Cool, but like who within Gen Z, right? Is it someone that's like really excited about outdoors and is a big you know natural energy drinker and and you know goes surfing all the time, or is it? You know, your hardcore gamer that that you know plays video games, you know, the majority of the day. So, like, let's really do some research. Like, really, let's really understand who your target consumer is, who your ideal consumer is, um, and and let's help you do that. So, that's really the first step. Is just to really Gen Z is not, in my opinion, is not like you need to dig a little bit deeper. It's not you can't just be Gen Z. It's like dig a little bit deeper and let's figure out who your ideal customer is. Um, and the second thing I would say for brands is like. Authenticity is probably the most, if not one of the most, or one of the most, if not the most important. Couldn't agree more, yeah. Right? You will get absolutely obliterated on social media if, you know, you're trying to flip-flop too much and you don't really have a clear, strong brand um, and brand voice. Um, so I, I think it's like once you understand your consumer, really figure out how you how you want to brand yourselves to Gen Z. Um and then finally, and, and really on that point, when it comes to investing in your brand, right? So making sure like you're really putting your, your money where your mouth is and, and building a very strong brand. Um, and then finally, the last thing I would say, and this is not really a strategy, but more of just like, I think some brands are doing this really well. Others are kind of lagging. 
um, just being flexible and ready to pounce on on these kind of organic trends that are forming in Gen Z, right? Like if you look at the difference between what Sherwin Williams did versus, you know, Ocean Spray, right? Sherwin Williams took this like awesome viral, you know, uh, viral, a bit of like viral content around its brand and, and, and capitalize on it versus like Ocean Spray as soon as, you know, that, that TikTok started going viral, really leaned into it. So, mm-hmm. you know, being flexible, being willing to like kind of jump into pop culture and, and um, not leverage it, but actually add to it, um, add value to it as a brand um, is, is incredibly important. Um, so I think a brand that can do those three things really well it's going, to, it's going to be pretty successful um, if they can execute it well with Gen Z. Yeah, and I, I love that point because the reality is if you were to build a checklist of the 100 traits, characteristics, details you need to have lined up to best engage Gen Z, you know, that might be 100 items, but the reality is if there's there's a core handful, maybe, maybe it's two, maybe it's three, maybe it's five, that if you have those, the rest kind of figure themselves out. So I love your point because if you have authenticity, well, all of a sudden your ability to tell factual stories and to dive into sustainability and to dive into social good and impact, well, that becomes a lot easier in diversity. And then if you have uh, your connection to the culture and adding to it, well, now all of a sudden your creative and social capabilities are so much higher. So I love that you you work on building that that fundamental foundation because I think that's huge. And, and I, would, I would echo all of those points. And my, my, my final question I have for you, um, is a little bit more so at a personal level, but ultimately, uh, being an entrepreneur, personal level business, it's, it's one and the same at the end of the day. Right. Um, so you're obviously founder of a company you're in a, in a, in a really, you know, it's a growing market for sure. The Gen Z kind of arena, but it's not one that's fully matured yet. And I think we're still a long ways away from that. And it's still kind of new, um, pair with it, the year is 2020 absolute chaos, businesses having trouble left and right. Oh, and by the way, you you have your own kind of team, which tends to be may, maybe younger individuals. You yourself, you're in your 20s. What, what's, the, what's the experience been like for you from an entrepreneurial and just a personal standpoint? Because I know I've been asked within the last year, like, hey, I'm thinking about starting this company. What do you think? Like, whatever. And I'm like, you know what? Honestly, if, if you got to ask me, like, don't do it because if it needs to itch so bad that you couldn't imagine without it because it is tough, but that's my standpoint. What, what, what's your take on it? Yeah, man. I mean, I think, uh, that's a really good question. It's a really <clears throat> tough question. Um, I think, you know, a little bit about my story. Like I was, I started this in high school, went to college, did it for a year and then ended up dropping out. And a lot of it was because I mean, went back to school for like a couple a couple months and then dropped out again yeah um but uh the reason for this is like kind of what you were saying it, it was just it was kind of it was this itch like this entrepreneurial itch and like i was in class i was and i wasn't paying attention like i mean and my grades were so bad like that first year like it was it was embarrassing i got my um, first ever d and <laughs> ever in my entire life my second semester at college and i did the same i did one year and then i left and the company just kind of did its thing. And I was like, I'm going all in on this. But uh, it was a, the, my only like D or grade below a C in my entire life. And it was a D in sociology, which is pretty much yeah. like if you show up, you're going to get an A. And I just didn't show up. So, yeah, I, I feel you on that. <laughs> I mean, there were times where I literally would miss exams because I was traveling. I, I would go up you know, for a client pitch or an investor pitch or 
you know, and, and I would just miss my finals and, and you can't really recover from that. If you only have, if you only have three major exams. So, um, no, I mean, I think the number one thing is passion, right? Like this, this is true, especially during COVID, like where things, and actually let me even take a step back. First of all, I'm incredibly, incredibly thankful for, for the experience of, of being able to run a company and, and, and run a company that that survives COVID in the first place. Um, I mean, I learned so much this last year as as an entrepreneur, as as a founder, as a as a leader. Uh, it was like a you know, it's like ten years of experience in one year. Like we dealt with stuff that I thought we'd never have to deal with. Um, so like that's the number one thing is like I'm incredibly grateful for this experience. Um, now I think the biggest thing that kind of that I keep going back to is like you said, you have to have that passion. Like if you, if, if this isn't something that you love doing and that like you can literally can't not do as a, as a, as I realized while I was in college, um, if you don't have that basic, like that's like a foundational thing that you need to have, then yeah, don't, don't start that company. Don't drop out of school. Don't, don't, don't do that until you find something that truly gets, you know, your blood pumping like that. Um, and I think in terms of the experience, like, the number one, the number one thing I realized, and I already knew this going into COVID, but like it became crystal clear is like, you know, especially for us, you know, younger founders, as well as, um, younger companies, like it really just comes down to the team and like both your, your, um, your employees and your team members, as well as like the greater community of investors, mentors, advisors. Um, you know, I think what I realized really quickly was like, we we had a rock solid team. We had just an amazing team. We had an amazing ecosystem of mentors, advisors, investors um, that helped us guide through this. And that's one of the things that I think uh, you know, going back to my experience, especially this year, um, incredibly grateful for. Because you know, when when times are tough and you have the ability of just like being able to just trust this person so much that hey, we're going to make it through this. Just believe me. Like let's do it. Let's figure it out. Um, and having multiple of those people, um, it's like, you can't, you, it's, it's really hard. It's really hard to fail when, when you have so many really smart, trustworthy, um, people, um, having your back and, and as committed to it as you are. Um, and so, yeah, that is one of the things that I'm most excited about as, as a founder, as a young founder and, and just as an entrepreneur in general is, is we have an awesome team. We, we really care about what we're doing and, we're really passionate about it as well. And um, yeah, it's just been, it's been, it's been a journey. It's been a journey and it's exciting to see so many other Gen Z entrepreneurs out there. There's so many people that it's really cool stuff. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean, I don't know if you saw the Forbes 30 under 30 came out yesterday. Oh, yeah. I was through all of them and I was like, Oh my God, there's like a ton of young entrepreneurs out there. And it's just so cool being part of that generation and, and kind of that movement of, of hustling. <clears throat> I know I was totally fanboying. I was like, "Oh my god, I know, I know that guy. I know that guy. I know that girl." Like, holy shit! Wait, I just talked to them last week. That's insane. I was like, uh, "So yeah, I mean, that's incredible." And I, you know, I couldn't agree more. I think uh, the team. Something I always emphasize to our team, which is just like, you know, when we say like we're, we're trendsetters, there's a reason we're not like Bajorseth Media. We're not Ogilvy or Vayner or whatever. It's because we want to be this collective of trendsetters. And I'm always like, "Look, guys, like." And, and fortunately for us, throughout COVID, you know, our business has actually just 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 gone up through that, you know, not necessarily because of COVID, but kind of just indirectly, like how things have played out. Um, and, you know, something I've really illustrated to the team is like, look, our entire industry 
could be dead tomorrow. Say they get rid of all the social media platforms. Say they wipe the entire Gen Z generation. They're like, hey, if you're Gen Z, you have to move to a different country, get out of here, we're done. Like no more, no, no more of you. Like whatever radical insane, th- or we're sending you to Mars, Elon Musk, right? But whatever it is, I'm like, oh, look, that could happen. We will go sell shoes or we will go sell t-shirts or we will go do this or we will do consulting here or we will go create our own social media platform. But we will go do and find something else because I know this team is what what ultimately matters and drives it more so than even like the business. Because if you have the right people on the bus, that matters a lot more than the map or directions you have on that bus. Now, certainly it helps to have a roadmap and like to know where you're going. But yeah, I'm a huge believer in that. Like if you surround yourselves with a, with a badass team, the rest kind of almost resolves itself. Yeah, hundred percent. And I, I mean, I mean, we saw it like again, COVID in a very drastic way. Like massive billion-dollar businesses have to shift their strategies, their business models, their products. And like as small startups, like you know, I, we were kind of having a similar discussion, which is, and, and I shared with you, you know, how we how we did a pretty big evolution of our platform over these last couple of months. It, it's just being open to open to what the market says. At the end of the day, the market is 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 always right um and you know if we find that because of x event or maybe we just read the market completely wrong and this is what the market actually wants then then we kind of you know we have to we have to be flexible we have to be willing to kind of um move in that direction um so yeah and 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 covid again like it just accelerated that it just needed to have on a grander scale which is both incredibly exciting because you know, doors open that that would never have opened up for us because of the pandemic, but it was also going to be very stressful and frustrating because a lot of doors were closed. And yeah. Not really. So um, it kind of goes both ways, but, you know, um, super grateful for, for the experience, excited for next year. And I think, you know, we were able to make it out a stronger and better company. And it seems like you guys were as well. And um, I think it says a lot about kind of our companies, but also about our generation in terms of just being super agile and, and just hustling and, and figuring it out. Yeah, yeah. I love that, man. Well, for our listeners here that have now tuned in and have, have listened to you, your guidance and insight, and are now like, okay, well, this guy is way cooler about Gen Z. I'm going to follow him and get rid of Jake, which is probably the majority of listeners right now. Where, where can they find you? More info on Perpix. Where, where should we send them? Yeah, uh, well, definitely keep listening to Jake. Uh, you have a lot of wisdom to drop, uh, but you can find us. Um, best place to check us out for, for insights, for you know, the latest updates about the company um, is uh, on Twitter um, at Perpix Official, um, at LinkedIn um, at Perpix, and then on Instagram um, at Perpix Official. So um, check us out there. We actually have some really big news dropping um, in the next couple of weeks. Uh, in, in January. So uh, all of us there, stay up to date. Um, and we're, we're always excited to share you know, what we're learning about Gen Z. And, and you know, thanks again for having me, Jake. It was, it was a lot of fun chatting with you. It was a pleasure. Thank you all for tuning in and I will see you all next time.